2: And what people are really looking for, they think they're looking for time, but they're looking for peace of mind or an intro or an answer to a question or to feel heard or
3: what have you. And, it's, and then they not always
2: to, an outcome. They don't actually include in the meeting,
3: so they'll be sitting in the meeting. quieter more analytical people. And they don't give them a form to talk. They don't tell them important to talk in the yeah. meeting. Yes, they their
4: So we too not. much time. And we work at it. Meetings take practice. Let meetings go off track. You don't have a leader holding people accountable to the time, to the agenda. It's too loose. And time is so precious, not just because we all have so many things to do and family and friends, but it's also because
3: time costs money.
1: Time costs money. Meetings can't live with them, can't live without them. So, how do we do them better? Welcome to Rocketship.fm podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Mike Belcito,
5: And I'm Joelle Goldman.
1: Welcome to the fifth and final episode of our productivity series. Today, we're going to be diving into everyone's favorite topics, meetings, how to conduct better meetings and maximize your productivity from it. Now, if you haven't listened to the first four episodes of this productivity series, go back and check them out. You don't have to stop right now. Nothing is a prerequisite, but they are well worth the listen. So
6: its I would say it's probably the biggest single productivity problem in business today. Here's Mamie Camphor Stewart,
5: the founder of Meteor.
6: Because when you look at the research, which has been done by a couple of different companies, On average, 30% of the meetings we attend are a waste of time. We have meetings upon meetings where you're running from meeting to meeting, you don't have time to do your work. And so you end up having to work extra hours or things just don't get done. We're inviting to meetings that we shouldn't be at. It's such a huge time suck and it extends beyond just the lack of time we have, but it really drains your energy as a person. It just makes your workplace not so much fun to be in. Like they're really a huge problem that impacts so many aspects of business from productivity to culture um, and results and beyond.
5: So how do we do a better
6: job? Now we've pulled together some of the tips from a series
5: of interviews that we've been doing on the topic of meetings to get some tips and tricks and advice on how do we run a better meeting and not actually drain our company of its time, of its productivity, and our people of their happiness, and maybe even just sanity.
0: And we've all been there. We've Meeting after meeting booked. After 15 minutes into the meeting, you realize there's no real reason for you to be there. But at that point, there's not an easy way for you to just leave.
5: Now, we asked Cameron Harold, the author of Meetings Suck, what people do wrong when they're scheduling a meeting.
3: They invite far too many people. They also set the meeting for too long of a time period. They try to cover way too much information in them. And then they invite people that they don't actually include in the meeting. So they'll be sitting in the meeting, the quieter, more analytical people, and they don't give them a forum to talk, they don't help them talk in the meetings and get their ideas out. So even the way I wrote Meetings Suck, I wrote a third of the book for people on how to participate in meetings, I wrote a third of the book on how to host and run meetings, and I wrote a third of the book around all of the core meetings that every company needs to have and how to run them the most effective way. So before we even call a meeting, we have to have
1: a purpose. We have to know why. And there may be a better way to communicate rather than calling a meeting because each meeting has a cost. And so I was talking to Charlie O'Donnell, who is a solo partner at Brooklyn Bridge Venture. So when he's taking a meeting, nothing else is getting done. He walked me through the true cost of a meeting in terms of time. And what he does sometimes to prevent taking unproductive meetings.
2: But it's not even just the hour, right? Because five minutes before the guy comes in, I'm picking my head up from my desk, wondering if he's going to come in. And maybe we get in a debate and the meeting goes 10 minutes later. And so it's never just that hour. And then it's 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 two hours for him, right? Because he's got to travel a half hour out to Brooklyn to come and see me or you know, what have you. And then he's not going to feel good about his interaction with me and I want to make sure everybody feels good. And so I'd rather, you know, just respond back or even go back and forth a couple of times by email and just say, you know, hey, uh, you know, what do you do with this, this and this? And then they get a response. You know, if it's three or four emails, well, maybe that's frustrating for the founder, but it's going to be way less frustrating than if he comes and sits with me and then 10 minutes in, he knows I'm not going to get there.
1: Dot com. That's business.att.com.
0: So with this technique, he can eliminate a lot of unproductive meetings and actually save people a lot of time. Now what happens if he does find himself in a meeting where he knows he won't be investing?
2: I, I owe my, uh, former boss, uh, partner at first round Josh compliment, um, this, this piece of advice. And so if any founder gets upset that I do this, you can blame Josh. Um, at the moment, you know you're not going to get there on a deal, or you're not going to be able to, you know, satisfy what the other person's looking for. I-, I will literally say it, and I'll I'll say, here's why I took this meeting. You know, I took this meeting because I am interested in consumer electronics startups. But my experience of investing in companies like Canary and Ringley and Gotenna is that it's really important to have a very design focused team. And, you know, after talking with you about your space, I'm feeling like that's a missing part of the DNA of your team. And if I'm going to back a team, I really need to get a lot of confidence that there's just a a strong design bent and and after walking through who you have or what have you, you know, I, I don't think this is one of those plays. So can we spend the next five or 10 minutes on how I can be helpful to you so that you feel like you got something out of this meeting?
5: So let's move on to team meetings, right? Not just business meetings, but the internal meetings that can be so draining.
0: I talked to Brian Scudamore, CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, which is a $150 million empire at this point, about how he conducts and starts off his meetings, specifically with the agenda. People get
4: together and they meet, and they spend an awful lot of wasted time going in different directions because they aren't clear on the outcome the purpose of the meeting. So the first thing I do in any meeting, and we, we teach people here at o Brands, is, is what's the purpose of why we're meeting? What's the outcome of the meeting? What's the, how do we know if we're successful in this meeting? Now, it doesn't matter to me if it's a 10 minute meeting or a one hour meeting or a full day meeting, you need a purpose, you need an outcome. Because it makes meetings so much faster. I'm I'm known in the, in the company for having 22 minute meetings because instead of doing a half an hour, it down and make a precise number. You got to stick to the clock, get done what you need to in a certain time frame, and it, and it gives you a clearer goal and an endpoint. It seems like most meetings will stretch to the time that you give them, if you give it 30 minutes, 60 minutes, two hours. That time gets filled just with idle chit chat or people continuing to talk, not knowing really what they're trying to accomplish.
5: So to run an effective meeting, you need to have an agenda. So here's Mamie from Meteor again on how she prepares each meeting by writing a thoughtful agenda.
6: Writing an agenda is doing some deep thinking and putting it on paper, and it does take some time. Once you've done it a couple of times, it's, you know, maybe like 10 minutes if you're the meeting leader and you actually know what you're going to do. And I often say, if you can't come up with a good agenda in about 10 minutes, you probably shouldn't be having that meeting. Mm -hmm.
0: So you've put together the agenda and you want to call people to discuss the topic, but how long do you call the meeting for?
6: Yeah, that's a really tough question. Um, I mean, there's so much out there about 20-minute meetings and meetings should never have more than 10 people or whatever it is. Our feeling at Meteor and my feeling personally is that a meeting should be as long as you need to get the work done. That doesn't mean you should have an hour meeting and jam a hundred topics into it. Like sometimes it's better to break it up and have smaller meetings, especially when the participants might be different people. So instead of having one meeting with a whole bunch of people where really, you know, Bob only needs to be there for the first 10 minutes and Jane only needs to be there for the last 10 minutes, just break it up into a couple of smaller meetings. The problem with, condens- with with having only 30 minute meetings is you have entry and exit times, right? So when you first get in, like you have to wait for people to show up, you have to get the technology set up. So you waste the first five minutes <laughs> getting started and then you kind of lose the last five minutes if you're doing a really good recap. So now you only actually have 20 minutes for conversation. So scoping the meeting length to fit the objective and the agenda that you have is really what you want to do. There's definitely a point at which if you're having meetings that are 90 minutes or two hours, they might just be too long and you're losing people. But there are some topics where you really do need that much time to dig into the deep complexity of the information. So rather than setting some arbitrary time limit, just you know think about clearly what is the agenda? How much time is it going to take us to, to move through this conversation and achieve the outcome we need?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors.
6: People know you should have an agenda, right? People know that you should facilitate the conversation and stay on topic. But for some reason, most meetings don't do that. Like we don't plan an agenda ahead of time. Maybe there's an agenda that kind of emerges in the beginning of the conversation. Uh, even if we do have an agenda, we don't use it during the meeting to keep ourselves on track. Um, and we don't take any notes so that afterwards it's super unclear as to kind of what the outcomes are. So
1: I am certainly guilty of this myself. I, I do write agendas occasionally for meetings, but Once the meeting gets going, it's hard to keep coming back to that agenda. It's more natural to let the conversation flow, but for the benefit of everybody, sticking to that agenda is what needs to be done.
5: What about the meeting invites? Sometimes we feel bad about not including everyone, or we want all the opinions of the different people at our organization so we can get a holistic view of the problem,
0: but Is that always the right solution?
4: And really being clear who is in that meeting, who shouldn't be in that meeting and making sure you exclude them. It's not about hurting anyone's feelings. It's about saying, hey, you know, a meeting of three people can can be far more productive than a meeting of 10 people. So we try and selectively pick in a conquer and divide type setup who really needs to be in the meeting Maybe some people don't need to be in the meeting, but need to be looped in with an email as to what decisions are, are, are made.
1: And that brings us to the conclusion, right? Once you've run your meeting, you've stuck to the agenda, you've stuck to the time, you've only invited the people that are necessary to be there. But then how do you ensure that this time you just took to discuss a problem and come out with an outcome is productive moving forward?
6: I I like to say there's like this infamous we, okay, so we should do this or let's get on that. And that, that basically means nobody. So our, the conversations that we're having aren't leading to some particular outcomes and the outcomes are really unclear and then they kind of dissipate. So even if the meeting conversation was really good and rich, if there isn't, clear outcomes then after the meeting it's kind of like well why do you even have that meeting if if nothing's going to happen from that conversation because at the end of the meeting if you've taken good notes or you spend the last couple minutes of the meeting really clarifying out okay here are the next steps and who's going to be responsible for these then after the meeting you don't have to then have another meeting to finish the conversation that didn't end right um That's where a lot of the time saving comes is on the outside um, or kind of on the, the backside. Once the meeting has been really successful, you can have fewer meetings.
0: Fewer meetings sounds great. I would love to have fewer meetings and more productive meetings when we do have to have a meeting. But what kind of meetings should we look to cut out of our day?
6: The number one answer is like any kind of standing staff meeting. um, That just, you meet once a week and you go over the same information. Those meetings, for the most part, don't need to happen because we have better ways of communicating than a meeting. If you think about a meeting as being a real time gathering for communication, We now have really good tools for asynchronous gatherings and communication. So it could be a shared document, it could be a Slack channel, Um, but for one-way information sharing, the idea that everybody needs to be physically uh, kind of attending at the same time just doesn't really make sense. So we've seen companies like Basecamp in particular, uh, while I don't agree with all of their meeting practices, I do really think they've done a couple things really well, and one of them is to write things up into a document and share it out with people and allow people to ask questions and give feedback by sharing that document even a brainstorm sometimes makes more sense by uh, using a shared document so for example at meteor we do visual design work for our app and the designer will put it up onto envision app and we all put ideas on there what about if you if you you know change this or add that or how can i do this and that and so we are just dumping all of the information, the questions, the comments, and we didn't need to be in the same room all at the same time. And you, you really can take advantage of technology to help you be more productive without all having to be together.
1: So to sum this all up,
3: I'm gonna leave it to Cameron Harold. Every meeting has to start with a clear purpose. Just the one sentence in the meeting notes as to why we're having the meeting. Then it can have a maximum of three outcomes. What are the three things you're gonna get done, in what order, and then make sure that the meeting just focuses around those three. If you need to, have a separate meeting for other areas. Every meeting has to have a clear agenda. So what are you covering? In what order are you covering it? And How many minutes are you gonna spend on each agenda item? Every meeting has to start on time, right? You just start, regardless of who's showing up late, start the meeting. And then set the culture that every meeting and every phone call stops five minutes prior to the scheduled ending time and that way you have enough time to walk down the hall talk to your assistant get a cup of coffee change chairs and start your meeting exactly on time again
1: all right so now i know you are ready to knock out this week's meetings effectively so we're gonna have some big changes here at Rocketship as we do every year now it seems but we have an exciting new show we're going to bring you and we'll have a preview of it soon so stay tuned it's still going to be on this feed but we're going to be taking a slightly different look at startups and the new economy that they're creating huge thanks to our sponsor today bench bench is the easiest way to get your bookkeeping done Go to Bench.co forward slash Rocketship and get 20% off the first six months. That is quite the deal. If you want to follow us on Twitter, go to Rocketship.fm. You can follow me at Michael Saka, Joel at Joel Goldman, and Mike Belsito at Belsito. We'll still be releasing some interviews for the next couple weeks, and stay tuned. Rocketship in 2017 is going to be the best Rocketship yet.